Do you like to be the first name of your sex tape? Well, if you like to be the first to listen to podcasts, you might want to check out our Patreon because now we're offering a brand new membership tier called Name of Your Sex Tape. I couldn't help it, guys. I'm sorry. For five pounds a month, you'll get an ad-free version of our weekly episode on a Tuesday, a full day earlier than its usual release. So you can be the very first to talk about how funny our guest was, how quickly you cracked the case, or how badly I answered a question. Plus, you'll get all the benefits of our regular tier, including our live Zoom records, a special shout out on the podcast, and if you really like to hear us talk, we've got an entire back catalog of extra content. Check it out on patreon.com forward slash drunk women solving crime. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Fancy coming along to see Drunk Women Solving Crime live? Ooh, yes please. Why not join us for our monthly London residency at the marvellous Museum of Comedy? We've got monthly shows through to June. Plus, every show is a double header, so you get to see us record not one, but two episodes with two fantastic guests. You can find tickets on our website, drunkwomensolvingcrime.com. Shows are selling out fast, so be quick. Noise. Noise. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Guys, huge news. After a year of recording remotely on Zoom, we are finally going live again. We're recording two episodes back to back every single month in London. We're doing a London residency. Genuinely could not be more excited. And it's at the Museum of Comedy. It's a fantastic venue and you can come and see one show or you can stay for the double header. Shows are at 7pm and 8.30pm. Our first show is on the 20th of July and then 31st of August, 28th of September, 26th of October. Those are all Tuesdays. It's Tipsy Tuesday. Tickets can be purchased from www.drunkwomensolvingcrime.com. Residency. 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 <laughs> Tipsy Tuesdays. Drunk women solving crime. Drunk women. Drunk Women Solving Crime. My name's Katie Wilkins and I'm an author and comedian. I'm joined by screenwriter Hannah George. Hello. And writer-comedian Taylor Glenn. Hello. This is where brandy meets bludgeoning, mimosa meets misdemeanour and port meets prostitution. It's a true crime podcast with a twist of lime. Coming up on Drunk Women Solving Crime.
The crime was booking yeah. me for this gig. <laughs> we have not got to that point on the Isle of Wight. <laughs> Don't promise us a culture word by proxy if you can't deliver, Wilkins. Come on. They're calling everybody stupid and they're eating paninis and sushi. <laughs> now it's time for drunk women solving crime. Welcome to another episode of Drunk Women Solving Crime. We are recording this at the tail end of the rainiest May that anyone has ever seen. But we are joined by the fantastic comedian, actor, writer, podcaster and author, it's Izzy Sutty. Hello. Thank you. Why would I say that? Hello. I'm a lady. (laughs) I've gone really high as well in my introduction. I was trying to keep the excitement going. Yes. And next. (laughs) Hello. I'll never get a game show. (laughs) Right, we're normal voices. Yes. Professional. How are you? I'm all right. I was actually um, thinking today that there, there might be a rainbow. You know, it's been going yeah. from like yes. rainy to... I went to the hairdressers to buy some shampoo and conditioner. And yeah. yeah. And um, because I've got a balayage now, she sold me some special shampoo and conditioner when she did it. So now I just cool. think that I have to go back and I probably don't have to. Wait, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think Taylor so. knows what balayage means. Oh, it's like... <laughs> Well, I don't really because someone said the other day, you haven't got a balayage, you've got an ombre. Oh, wow. Taylor's still struggling with that. So basically, (laughs) it's like you've got big roots, basically. It's like your roots take up half or more of your hair. That's how I'd describe it. It's not even the final product. It's just that they do the highlights by hand rather than foil. So actually anything that's freehand is Balayage, and I forget what balayage actually means. I think it just—I thought it just meant by hand. I might have what? to look that. Is up. it French? It sounds I think so. Like very fancy, guys. I don't normally yeah. Google, but I'm you, keep talking because I'm okay. looking at it. Up. Oh, yeah, so, so I was in there, and they tried to give me some weird incense sticks free. Oh. I didn't want them because <laughs> I don't like them. And last time I went to Airbnb, there was them in every room, and it like made my breathing go weird. Ooh. So I said no. Can you tell I'm not doing very much at the moment? And then a woman who just had her hair cut looked out the window and went, "Oh, for God's sake!" And it was because it was raining again. And I sort of thought, oh. I don't know if I'd ever do that in hairdressers because I'm such a people <laughs> pleaser that I'd just be like, I don't want to say for God's sake in front of all these people, yeah. but. I was like, I feel you. Like it's yeah. it's really hard to know what to wear and it's like yeah. sunny and then it's suddenly absolutely pissing it down. And I thought to myself then, trying to see the bright side, maybe mm. there'll be a rainbow today. Oh, Lovely. Yes. Woman will become happy. And I looked yeah. um, all day, but I couldn't see one. <laughs> like, <laughs> She's probably still really that, grumpy. That woman's capable of being cheered up by a rainbow. <laughs> like, she, oh, a lovely she, rainbow. She's really open to that. <laughs> My new hair is ruined but it was worth it it means to sweep in french to sweep so it's the motion Ah, of sweeping it over sorry i I had to find that out immediately i sometimes take a picture of what i've swept up on my kitchen floor i put it on twitter and call it sooty sweet i see it every day and i fucking love it thank you It was worse in lockdown when we were all in all the time. Like the amount of stuff on the floor was unbelievable. I think once there was like a hairdryer, like five Bing toys, so much pasta. And yeah, Um, I could do a French version now called balayage sooty, it would be, wouldn't it? Oh, I like this. 
adjective in this. Yeah. Ah, we we. Well, Bali I'm glad city. you've got the title and the correct grammar. What else do yeah. you need? Exactly. Um, I got to ask you, Izzy, have you ever been the victim of a crime? Yes. I was doing a gig at Imperial College. I had to try and remember which college it was. And Ellis just wrongly said, was it the Royal College of Music? And I was like, yeah. Royal College of Music students wouldn't have done that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I thought, well, actually, Imperial College is quite a good uni. Yeah. So it absolutely doesn't make no sense excuse. that nice people go to good unis. <laughs> <laughs> so no, it was Imperial College near the Albert Hall. And I was doing yeah. a gig. I don't know if you guys have done these gigs where it's like, loads and loads of students. And I was doing at that point, lots and lots of unions. And generally there could be some tricky ones. There could be some kind of terrible, but brilliant ones, because also at that point, people didn't really have camera phones. Um, <laughs> and also there could just be some really horrible ones that you'd kind of look at and go, I don't think this is going to be very nice. And this was one of those, because I looked at mm. the fact that they were going to be drinking all day. That was in right. like, the description. So oh, they have no spans. Festival rules. Okay. Yeah. No. <laughs> yes, it was basically a festival in one room. Yeah. I think they've been drinking since like, the early afternoon. Okay. I'm not joking. I was on at something like 1.30 a.m. Oh, oh wow. Okay. Oh, I this know. is awful already. <laughs> yeah, yeah just, like, even I don't even no know. Crime. This isn't the crime yeah, yet. That's it. The, the crime was booking yeah. me for this gig. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've done like hard ones. I've done like, I did a gig at Loughborough University, which was always hard. Right. I don't know why. I just never got on very well at Loughborough yeah. Uni. I did Loughborough and, and hated it. Like, did you? Yeah. yeah. They're, it's kind they're of, like the PE college, aren't they? Yes, there are lots of sports. I don't think they really like songs about like elves who <laughs> work in Sainsbury's and stuff. Which is what I was and like a really long story about a squirrel that bit my hand that I admit didn't really have an ending and relied on it being <laughs> relied on the goodwill in the room of which there wasn't <laughs> Yeah, Loughborough, like I'd had some hard times where like for example a guy at Loughborough's summer ball like a student just came onto the stage and grabbed the mic off me and was like this is what I think of your set and then oh, pulled gosh. a Mooney at the audience oh, and then just threw the mic onto the floor so then I was just like thinking <laughs> when did it come to the point where you still get paid like uh, nobody just like I've got to do my time I've got yeah. to do my 20 minutes um yeah I was just like just carry on until 20 minutes have gone by. Um, wow. So I'd had all those kinds of gigs and I was like, I suppose someone coming onto the stage wasn't very common, but it had happened before. Sure. Anyway, I had to do 35 minutes. Okay. I was closing. Someone was comparing who I know. It was one of the nice boys who were, okay. you know, like... Which uh, three? Which no, three? Yeah. <laughs> 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 but we were all just sort of going, oh my God, they're so drunk. They're so drunk. Like this really yeah. feels quite horrible. It kind of yeah. walked in and you were like, these are people who've been drinking for like 10 yeah. hours. It's not the same as even that thing like, people having had like maybe three or four pints. I went on and so I took a pint on, which is something that I used to do if the gig was hard. It was almost... <laughs> Like you go, hey guys, I can drink too. I'm cool like you. <laughs> so I did about 30 minutes and it was okay. Cool. Like it, there were some people chatting, there was a bit of heckling, 
Um, but it wasn't dramatically bad. It yeah, was just yeah. a real damp squib of a gig that no one would remember, right? <laughs> Including me. So when it got to about 30 minutes, I was just like, this has been such a non-event. I just feel like I want to end on like a big laugh or a round of applause. So I had been chatting a little bit to the front row. I started talking to this guy in the front row who was kind of quite geeky and looked very shy. His mate started to say, he's a virgin, he's a virgin. (laughs) And so I got him up on stage. Um, and I was like, as he was getting up on stage, I was like, what, what am I doing? Like, I'm not, I'm just not a comic who gets stage. Like a lot of them are really good at that. And that's like their thing. And they go and do Glastonbury and like, and like the Pied yeah. Piper and lead these amazing yeah, impromptu. Yeah. And I am just, I'm just not that comic. I like to do my set and then get off really. So I was like, what am I doing? So then he was like standing next to me. So I said, are you a virgin? And he said, yeah, which I thought was sort of quite cool for him to admit that in front of everyone. Like, <laughs> But you see, that was 10 years ago. And I think hopefully things have changed a little bit for virgins now. I like to think that like everyone's a bit more accepting of everyone, but maybe that's completely wrong. Um, I don't know. But I thought that it was brave of him to admit it anyway in front of a room of his peers. So I put out my arm and I said, do you want to know what it's like to touch a real woman's arm? That got a laugh. And then I thought, if he touches my arm, maybe it can just elicit a round of applause, but I'll kind of get off stage on that round of applause too. And I'll be like, thank you very much. Good night. So I put my arm out in front of me and he put his hand through the gap under my arm and grabbed my boob. Oh, shit. I was like, oh, oh. I was so shocked. And also I, wa- I I just had in my head that I had to wrap things up and yeah. had to get a big oh. laugh. And like, it was like, I just, I don't know. I don't think when things like that happen, you're so unprepared for it. And also if you're on stage, your instincts are slightly different. And yeah, yeah totally. I was just like, okay, thinking, oh my God, what, what the fuck is happening? And then he just kind of stayed on stage. Then I tried to... I can't remember what I did, whether do a bit of material or chat to him again or something to try and kind of wrap things up. And then it just became clear that everything was unraveling. And then, so there was a security guard standing to the side of the stage who did nothing. And then I found out later that he was someone dressed in fancy dress as a security guard. I really understand that element of it. Like he'd been too old to be a student, but that was his story anyway. I don't know if he actually was a security guard and he felt really bad that he didn't do anything. But yeah, in the end, the nice man who was comparing just came kind of had to come onto the stage and stop me from talking because I <sighs> like w- just wouldn't stop trying to rescue the gig. And right. he was just like, okay, Z, thank right. you so much. Da, 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 da. Oh, wow. And then like, as I got off, I was like, I started to feel really sad, I suppose. Cause I was like, oh, I felt really humiliated and mm. kind of really oh. sad about it. To be honest, I didn't feel like distressed or right. um, anything, but I felt really humiliated, really disappointed Ooh. and really yeah. angry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can't even trust the I virgins think, yeah. at uni. This pisses me <laughs> off. Yeah, they're the worst ones. <laughs> I know. God, a fake security guard too that just sort of sums up the, oh, I really like, had zero protection all along. Yeah, it was so weird. Like, oh. I don't get that bit of it it feels like such a good excuse to say like oh I'm just in fancy dress you know like yeah. you're a doctor and you're on a plane and well, doctors don't dress like, as doctors um, it's actually like that's a, <laughs> they, should, they should yeah. <laughs> that's a plot point in Hocus Pocus there's that guy dressed as a police officer and they report that they woke up the witches 
And then he just tells them to not waste his time. But then it turns out he's not a cop. Very, oh, he's just wow. in fancy dress. So it's a bit like when you go into the mental asylum and the person in the white coat is like, welcome, my name is Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they turn out to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember the one yeah. time I've ever been questioned by the police was when they came to our halls of residence at uni and they came into our kitchen and we'd been out on a night out and we were all dressed as cops and robbers. And it was just like, it was ridiculous. Oh my God. I literally had a bag that said swag. <laughs> and this policeman was saying, there's been similar, you know, there's been some robberies in a park and people's phones have been taken. And I was like, well, you can check it. It's literally, it's just like, I think it was um, pillowcases that I'd stuffed it with. I'd stuffed a pillowcase with pillowcases. Um, wow. I love that. Like, there's, there's a real sketch in that, isn't there? It's like, <laughs> Fuck that guy, you know, the entitlement that he yeah. thinks they can come on stage to somebody who's no. doing their entitlement. job. Yeah. And I know in the grand scheme of things, there are far, far, far worse crimes. But it, I was just sort of thinking on my way home, like, not that many people in this country, I hope, go to work and think, I really hope someone doesn't grab my breast today. Like, yeah. just kind of like, oh, yeah. that, is, that is such a shit end to the day. And yeah. also, I think, without overanalyzing it too much, it is that thing of like, I never think about being a woman in comedy. I don't find it that useful. Sure. But other people sometimes do, annoyingly. And I feel like for him to do that, it was like mm. um, just trying to take away any agency, mm. the little yes. agency I had at that point. No, <laughs> the room. Yeah, it was yeah. him reminding you that you had female body parts that he felt entitled to, like that gave him some kind of extra... Yeah, it was a, it was a, there's a fuck you in there a little bit, isn't there? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I, it doesn't sit comfortable, obviously. Well, I hope he's never used his degree and I hope that he got a two-two <laughs> and I hope he earns minimum wage and is very unhappy in his life. Fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> and if he'd have touched your arm, it would have been much funnier. So he really ruined the gag. Yeah, he should have just touched my arm. Like, yeah. Yeah, the funny gag would be he'd touch his arm and then like pretend he was having some kind of convulsion because it was so yes, exciting. Exactly. It's a great yes. gag. There was a gag there and he missed it. I yeah. know. I know. It could fucking been... amateur. Yeah. <laughs> That's what angers me more than the sexual assault. It's that fucking bad gag, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm angered by anyone who organizes a gig where it's going to be that late. And people drinking all the that's yeah. like I mean it's like the worst slot you could have in Edinburgh plus people whose hormones are yeah. still leveling <laughs> like it's yeah. the worst combination. I know it's <laughs> like what was that like as soon as you hear the word, word wristband you're like yeah oh, yeah shit. like yeah yeah it's not it's not good yeah let's have wristband all day drinking with people that don't know about consent this will be yeah. brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Izzy, we always ask everyone, what would you say if you had the perp now? Like they don't, they can't see you necessarily. You have all the power, but if you want to, you can like, what would you say or do to them? I guess I'd say you should have grabbed my arm. (laughs) Right, it would have been so much funnier. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you should have grabbed my arm, like I said. Yeah. (laughs) Dude. (laughs) No, brilliant. Okay. Well, I hope that this has been in some way cathartic for you. Yes, actually. <laughs> and we all agree that that dude sucks. Yep. That that dude sucks dicks in hell. Um, <laughs> Katie Sass is coming on in leaps and bounds. 
It is. I'm quoting The Exorcist. Oh, that's Cocks in Hell. So your mother sucks a Cocks in Hell. Anyway. Dix is, Dix, Dix is funnier, isn't it's, it? Dix is funnier because yeah. Cox is kind of cool. Yeah. So Dix slight, is slightly more British, doesn't it? Very nice. Dicks Dix are not sexy. Now it's time for drunk women solving crime. Okay, now that we've clarified the words you can use for sexy talk, <laughs> Um, I'm going to move on to the, the main case that we're going to be talking about. Um, now, <clears throat> the case that we're going to be discussing today centres around a court case. Um, and the accused of this case is a high school teacher. So my first two questions. Question one, is this teacher male or female? And question two, what have they been accused of? Wow. OK, straight in. Yeah. I think they're female. OK. Female from Izzy, and what's the crime? I think it's to do with a cupboard. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Misuse of paper clips. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Squirrelling away paper clips for future use. Um, a body. Ooh, okay. I'm seeing a body. I'm seeing a cupboard. Nice. But I don't think that the female is the <laughs> perpetrator. I think she's um, an accessory. Ooh, okay. Wow. Okay. I'm, this is what I'm thinking. Yeah. They got a skeleton, you know, like in science you have. Yeah. And like the, with a real skeleton. Yeah. I don't like know the, if they normally The biology are, lab. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if they're normally, they probably aren't normally real ones, but this school got a real one. It's okay. Like it's a school where they want everything to kind of be real. Sure. Um, they get a real skeleton. The skeleton is of the old caretaker. This is it. <laughs> The caretaker wanted to donate his skeleton uh, to the school for um, science lessons. This happened, but a gold ring was left on the finger oh my of gosh. the skeleton and the female teacher stole it and put it in a cupboard. Wow. Oh my, okay. Like, this, this isn't the right answer I'm leaving right now. I'm, That's the story I want to hear. Sort of want to apologise that my case is not going to be as good as the story that Izzy has just told us. Literally, I'm like um, a PE teacher got a girl pregnant. That's all I was thinking. Like, okay. <laughs> I hate to say that's where my head went to. I thought male teacher inappropriate relationship with okay. student. You also said high school, which makes me think uh, this yeah, is in America. Because you don't okay. see that here as much. We don't say it as much, no. I have went so- to a high school, but that's because they did things differently on the Isle of Wight. And you were very much encouraged to fuck a teacher. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I think, like, actually... The How other- else will you get a job on the island, after all? <laughs> the other thing I was thinking was, potentially, could it be a teacher who's teaching people stuff they shouldn't be taught in, in the okay. sense that, you know, it's... Um, but it, maybe it was of a time whereby you shouldn't be learning about this stuff, but actually it's stuff now where, like, of course you should learn about that. Okay, interesting. Oh, like sex ed, but it was a Catholic school and he taught about contraception. Okay, yeah. okay. So I've got female from Izzy stole a ring off the um, <laughs> dead <laughs> caretakers. No, it's amazing. It's like the best straight off the bat answer we've ever had. These guys started with sexual abuse and then have moved on to teaching inappropriate content. That's Are you sticking with that as well, Taylor? Yeah, if Hannah okay. is. <laughs> okay. Hannah's uh, usually may- cracking cases lately, so I'm just going to follow her lead. <laughs> Okay, okay. Now, you know what? I'm going to give it to Hannah, actually. The teacher is male 
And they have been accused of teaching evolution in a school. Oh, oh no. <laughs> we have not got to that point on the Isle of Wight. <laughs> <laughs> so now this is one of many trials that calls itself the trial of the century. They can't all be the trial of the century. <laughs> it is as meaningless as quotes on an Edinburgh poster. And I don't mean to slag off my own case or my own Edinburgh posters, but come on. <laughs> so we are in Tennessee, America. The teacher's name was John Scopes. He has violated something called the Butler Act, which made it unlawful to teach human evolution in any state-funded school. Now, this trial gets referred to both as the state of Tennessee versus Thomas John Thomas Scopes and also as the Scopes monkey trial. So my next question, what year is this? 2019. 2019 from Hannah. I mean, seriously, it could be so recent. Yeah, it could. It's easy to think it's like the times of the crucible. But (laughs) (laughs) I think it could be maybe the early noughties, like maybe 2003. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because I know they were still putting, the way that they would deal with this, and they might still do this in some states, is they would put these disclaimer stickers on all of the books. So they would have books with evolution <laughs> as a lesson. And yeah. then the sticker on the front, like, this is just one crazy idea. And they would wow. just slap it on all the books. So this was in like the 80s and 90s, I think. So, um, okay. but for it to have to go to court, mm-hmm. for him to have taught it, and actually it makes it to court, I'm going to say 1967. Okay. Taylor is the closest. It is 1925. Oh, Oh, wow. Okay. Early, early. Okay. Okay. And I just want to say for the record, this shouldn't be called the the Scopes Monkey Trial because evolution isn't saying that we descended from monkeys. It's saying we had a common ancestor with monkeys. So like, come on. And not monkeys, apes. Yes. Thank you. They fucked up. Maybe they they, should learn about evolution before they try (laughs) to give something a clever title. Right. But look, I also, I should drop my pencil. (laughs) I love that you're taking notes though. Yeah. Yeah. Although it's pink, so I can't see anything I'm writing, but it's still, you know, it's important. That still counts. (laughs) This is female workplace. (laughs) Um, Also, like, it's obviously, it's very easy to sneer at people that don't believe in evolution. So let's carry on doing that for a bit longer. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, now, it's probably also worth me saying that this whole case could be classified as part of this ongoing, never ending culture war between conservatives and whatever the opposite of somebody that embraces knowledge. Um, I don't want to take sides. So there's this huge divide. Now, it's not that lot. I mean, like, but it's kind of like North America versus South America. It's the fault lines of the American Civil War. Uh, this trial is basically a culture war by proxy. Um, so I'm going to introduce some of the players and I could do this in a wrestling voice if it makes it more fun. Yes, please. Um, <laughs> in the right wing, very conservative. I can't really do a wrestling voice. <laughs> I'll try. Uh, very Christian corner. We have state representative and for, I haven't committed. I'm giving up. I'm bailing. I'm not I sassy enough yet. Mm. I really Thank liked you. it. Thank you. I should have, have done with you at the gig. <laughs> <laughs> so we have this guy, John Butler. He is the head of the World Christian Fundamentalist Association. He is responsible for the Butler Act. It is literally named after him. Okay. Um, he stated... Not Jared Butler, which is weird. That's what I was going <laughs> No, it's so weird how it's not Jared Butler. <laughs> so he said, I didn't know anything about evolution, which is a great start. Obviously, you want the man that knows nothing about something to be in charge of it. He goes on, I had read in the papers that boys and girls were coming home from school and telling them fathers and mothers that the Bible was all nonsense. So naturally, instead of reading up 
more about that. He just started lobbying to get evolution banned. Like, because the thing is, I once read that if I clicked on a link, I would see the kid who played Matilda, what she looked like now, and that I wouldn't believe it. And then I clicked on the link and she actually looked absolutely just fine and nice. So I just think, just do the basic amount of research. Just click on the link once. Anyway, before you start trying to pass laws. So it gets passed in Tennessee in 1925, uh, March 1925. And this governor guy signs it into law because he's trying to suck up to all the farmers and get all the rural people on side, but he doesn't really care. Now, I promised you a culture war by proxy. We've got to meet the other side. Question. Don't promise us a culture war by proxy if you can't deliver, Wilkins. Come on. (laughs) Exactly. So what organization might be the opposite of the World Christian Fundamentals Association? ACLU? You know what? No one else gets to answer. Taylor is correct. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, I love it when people get shit right. Yes, baby. (laughs) So yeah, it's the ACLU. They obviously still exist today and they advocate for civil liberties. They fight systemic equality. They advocate for Black Lives Matter. They are the good guys. And in 1925, they are still at least the better guys. Also, the thing about the ACLU is that they want to unlock the true promise and potential of the American dream of freedom and equality for all. So they see this law being passed. They're not happy. They're like, no, come on, this is not constitutional. We didn't have a revolution to end up with these anti-intellectual laws. You're embarrassing us in front of the other countries. Stop making America look like a bag of dicks. I'm paraphrasing. Um, So they decide to do this test case there. So they finance this whole thing. Well, they get this guy, John Scopes, and they're like, will you say you broke the law so we can test this thing? We want to publicize how stupid this law is. And he's like, yeah, sure. He's not even the regular biology teacher. He was a substitute teacher that normally taught PE. Oh, Um, man. Yeah. He he agrees to do it. He gets charged on May 5th, 1925, with teaching evolution from a chapter in this book, which describes the theory of evolution. And we are now hurtling towards the trial of the century. We need big names for the lawyers. We need to brought... This is the first trial that ever got broadcast on the radio. Oh, wow. Um, and they're busing people in. They're getting People are getting trains. They're sleeping in corridors. Oh, Everyone wow. comes to this place for the sensational trial. It's also um, easy to call it the trial of the century when you're only a couple decades into the century. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just saying. <laughs> like, so far. <laughs> Nothing else will happen. People are just throwing that term around willy-nilly. So the big name lawyer that is for the prosecution is this highly prestigious William Jennings Bryan. Now he was a former Secretary of State and he was a three-time presidential candidate. Oh. Question: Did he ever win an election and become president? How were his emails? (laughs) (laughs) What was his name? Uh, William Jennings Bryan. Well, I won't answer because it's just not fair. <laughs> oh, so Taylor knows if there was a president called Brian. I oh, feel like God. Brian is the name of like the landlord at my local pub. So I don't <laughs> think he was the uh, president. Yeah, Brian either. doesn't sound very um, presidential. Landlord is Trump and he did a great <laughs> job, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that instinct is correct. <laughs> he should have been the trial of the century if things had gone the right way. Yes. Mm, and I'm talking still. before his presidency in the right century. Mm. I think I've made my point. This is why I gave up stand up. <laughs> End all your jokes with I think I made my point. <laughs> That's, my That's the title of the show as well. <laughs> yes. 
Oh, God. It's <laughs> actually a great title. Yeah. It's the I think. <laughs> I know my point is like, I think I know the point, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not too hot on okay. names. And I, I feel again, like Hannah said, like Brian is such, in Britain, it's such kind of like Brian. Yeah. <laughs> It would hello, Brian. I was going to say, hello, Brian. Brian. All right, so you're going not the president? I'm going to say not. Hannah going not the president? Not, not the president? No, not on my watch. Not Brian. <laughs> Taylor, Taylor. He was not president. He was never no. the president. No. He didn't win. Taylor, He's... I'm really impressed that you knew that he wasn't. If you knew that he was, it'd be like, yeah. Sure. But you knew yeah. that he wasn't. So that means you know all the presidents. I could rattle that. them all off. I really couldn't. But you... It's it's amazing how much they drill this into you. Like at some point in my life, I did know all the presidents wow. and I would have been able to rattle them off. And oh, my God, my husband finds that so strange. And I guess it is a bit. And then you say, no, like, it's patriotism. <laughs> don't, likewise, in the UK, you're going to learn about all the monarchs. Like I definitely know oh, people who can like yeah, rattle I off. Could, I don't think I could rattle them off. My mum used to know this like, rhyme or song for remembering all the the order of the monarchs that was yeah. actually really convoluted and hard to learn yeah it's <laughs> as bad as memorizing like, them. if you spend 36 hours memorizing this song but I, <laughs> <laughs> but it did work like she could go in blah 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 king mm. henry the fourth was yeah so it was cool. quite cool but i feel like we gen generally i didn't i didn't go i didn't go to a brilliant school like my primary school there were like three three year groups in one classroom for oh. the three years because it was so small there were like 52 kids oh, in well, one school right. so, wow. yeah I know so I never got I I blame my lack of knowledge of geography and history on that but, no that's a good yeah. excuse I like no Woody Woodrow right he was a president is that right Woodrow Wilson yeah. Woodrow Wilson <laughs> Woody Woodrow <laughs> I knew, oh, I knew it was a Woody Woodward. <laughs> Hannah learned it from a cartoon. That's the one thing I committed to in this podcast. I was like, I'm pretty sure it's Woody Woodward. What did I say? Edward Woody Woodrow. You like, got it half right. What was I he mean, called Wilfred Woodrow. St- <laughs> Styler Howe is a nickname. Was, Hannah has a nickname for him. Woodrow Wilson. 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 Wedgwood, what? Oh. Woodrow Wilson. Woodrow Wilson, okay. not Woody Woodward. Oh, God, I don't know what I said. Now, oh, listen. You made it so much better. I would love to laugh at Hannah all day, but I've got to move on. <laughs> Drunk women solving crime. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com 
slash host. This guy who didn't win the elections three times, he's also this hugely famous orator who would talk about theology and the Bible and stuff. And people would go and see his talks because there was no Netflix. And in fact, when the Butler law had passed, this guy had thanked the governor that signed it enthusiastically saying, the Christian parents of the state owe you a debt of gratitude for saving their children from the poisonous influence of an unproven hypothesis, which is obviously the opposite of the um, impartial list of facts that the Bible is. (laughs) Um, So good, good, good. The team for the defence, defending John Scopes, the substitute teacher, is mainly this guy, Clarence Darrow. And there's a little team of people behind them. And they actually, they wrote to someone famous asking this person for help. So my question is, what famous author of the day did they ask to help them with this trial? Ooh. What year was it again? Twenty nineteen twenty five. Was it Woody Woodward? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what I said. Woody Woodrow is what I said at the beginning. Woody Woodrow. Yeah, Woodrow. Oh, it's so great. That was probably his nickname at school. It's great. Oh, we're tight, man. <laughs> oh my gosh, Arthur. I like to say Arthur Miller. Arthur uh, Miller. I think he might have been a toddler then. <laughs> <laughs> when was Hemingway He's... around? Or Twain, maybe? When were they? Yeah. Twain and Hemingway? Twain's earlier. Ooh. Any more F. guesses? Scott no, no. Fitzgerald. Yes. Nice, nice. Any more guesses? Stephen okay. King. He's getting on. <laughs> okay. None of you are correct. It was H.G. Wells. Oh, oh interesting. Yeah. So they were they were partly hoping to attract massive press coverage because this whole thing is about the sensationalism a bit as well. One of the lawyers in the defence group wrote to um, H.G. Wells asking him to join the defence team. So my next question, was there a response from Wells? And if so, what did he say? I want him to have said yes. H.G. <laughs> then... Wells, did, what did he do? Did he do more of the world or am I just completely... Yeah, no, he did. And the time machine and like all the sci-fi stuff. He gets credited as sort of like inventing sci-fi, but actually mm. it was Mary Shelley. Okay. Yes, it the, was. The first sci-fi book was Frankenstein. Yes. My guess is he's Mm going to turn them down and he's going to have a really sassy comment about why. And I'm not sure what it is, but it'll be like, until people evolve with blah, 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 I'm not going to waste my time with your little circus. Okay. What would be in it for him? Like, presumably they wouldn't be offering him money. It would be a lot of work, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be a lot of work. He'd have to travel to America. I think he said no as well. Okay, so you guys are correct. He he did respond and he said no. I don't know about how sassy this is for Taylor's good example. If but you he use re- it in the voice he, I did, anything he, sassy. That's true. He's, I would he, love to come to your party. I'll see you soon. <laughs> <laughs> Wells replied that he had no legal training in Britain, let alone America, and he declined the offer. So it's kind of sassy. As I said, wanting press was a huge part of this. This trial was deliberately staged in order to attract publicity, partly because they wanted publicity. This small town has been down on its luck and they want all this money. So that's working out great because everyone's coming to this town. And also both pro and anti-evolution sides are just trying to rinse publicity out of the situation, you know, try and spin it in their favour. So we properly have a media circus. We've got this trial of the century. The trial is presided over by this judge called Judge T. Rolston, and he is super biased. Uh, He's very conservative and Christian. So he believes that the Bible is literally true. 
because there were people at this time that were, they were called modernists and they were trying to say, hey, it's a metaphor. Each day that God invented a day was an epoch of time. You know how like we all learn at school, hey, these things aren't contradictory. They're fine. They both can exist. Yeah, because um, in the interest of being fair and balanced, but not in a Fox News kind of way. There are lots of religious people who still believe in evolution. Like they're not mutually exclusive. No, and it's not. But it depends um, how literal you are. Yes. And how fundamentalist you are about. Exactly. Yeah. And so afraid you are. I mean, that's what it really is, isn't it? Just how scared are you? It does feel that way, actually. So this guy is biased, but I like it's also, I just feel like I should say as well, because it's very easy to be like, oh, God, these people are idiots. But because of the culture war fault lines type stuff, there is sort of this sense that the uh, the fancy ACLU lawyers have come down from North America and they're trying to tell the South what to do. Mm. And like, you know, they're calling everybody stupid and they're eating paninis and sushi. <laughs> and like, you know, saying things like, actually, Frankenstein is the name of the doctor, not the monster. Oh my God, didn't you know that? And they're just making everyone feel shit. You I know? genuinely like, thought you were going to quote yourself by saying Frankenstein's actually the beginning of sci-fi. And yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Just got it on the brain. I was, <laughs> any chance I can bring that up? Um, there is this element that, like, you know, the North are throwing their weight around and the South are sort of like not happy mm, about it. Sure. But also the North are correct. <laughs> so, like, it's not nice. I try to be all neutral and then I mess it up at the end. But anyway, I, I'm just trying to say I have empathy. It's, but also there's stuff is science come on so this judge is super conservative he's prejudiced he's sick of everyone talking about sushi like believes that the bible is literal he's not happy about any of this so he does loads of stuff which is people argued was unfair he's keeps threatening contempt of court he's like he quotes genesis at the start of the trial um he warned the jury not to judge the merit of the butler law which was very flawed but to focus on the, the fact that the law has been broken and the jury foreman himself was unconvinced about the merit of the act because it's, I'll, we'll get into this in a sec, but it's like stupid. They will have to follow the instructions of the judge. So the trial begins and the defence argues that there is no conflict between evolution and the creation account in the Bible because this is called theistic evolution and the modernists are like, hey, we can have both. To support this claim, the defence team for John Scopes, the substitute teacher, brought in eight experts on evolution. Question, how many of those eight experts did the conservative judge allow to testify in the court? I'm assuming they were all supposed to testify. They were all supposed to testify. Is it possible that some of them were apes and uh, <laughs> to, to kind of demonstrate the evidence? <laughs> like, you can't actually talk. You're an ape. Like so. that is an ape. Um, <laughs> trying to think of reasons that he wouldn't allow. That's exactly it, isn't it? You don't yeah. need to think of reasons. You just have to tell me the number. How many of the eight are allowed in? I'm going to say one. I'm going to say two. None. Okay. You guys are all super close, but Taylor is spot on. One of them is allowed. But probably only because he had to allow one. I mean, I don't know what his reasoning was, but he the one that's allowed is this Dr. Maynard Metcalf, who's a zoologist from Johns Hopkins University. The other seven are not allowed to testify in person, but they're allowed to submit written statements in case it goes to appeal. So this Darrow guy that's the defense lawyer can't hide his annoyance. He makes this sarcastic comment. 
um, to the judge. And um, apparently he makes loads of these sarcastic comments. You know, he's like, oh, you agreed to all their, their suggestions, but you won't agree to ours. And then he had to apologise the next day to stop himself from being in contempt of court. Oh, so man. like, you gotta, this is a good courtroom drama. You would watch this on Netflix. Like, so this is why they're all crowded into the courtroom. Just like you, he was like, I'm going to be sassy this year. I'm yes! tired of being <laughs> court. That was his New Year's resolution. I'm going to sass that judge. <laughs> Damn it. So prosecuting lawyer, William Jennings Bryan, the religious nut who kept trying to be president, makes his arguments. Um, and this guy is mad at science. I think science did not want to go out with him in high school. He comes across to me as very angry. And my source said that at one point, this guy chastised evolution for teaching children that humans were but one of 35,000 types of mammals. And he bemoaned the notion that human beings were descended, not even from American monkeys, but from old world monkeys. Oh, wow. wow. And there is a lot to unpack There's there. a lot to unpack there. But they, I love that there's this hierarchy. How did the monkeys get to America, Brian? How did they get there? <laughs> we all stole the country. But also... Also, you, old world monkeys is just... It's incredible. <laughs> you hate old world monkeys because you are an old world monkey. You hate yourself. Also, what I did like about that was that it just feels a bit like the kind of like, you know, the buy American, support American cars and only descend from American monkeys. <laughs> it's like America first, American How do you first. know that they're American monkeys? It's like they're going to be, wear, ha, ha, they've got a flag. They've got I an American know, flag like... or a bandana with the American flag <laughs> on it around their heads. Like They yeah. tip really well. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They don't like waiting in traffic. I'm just thinking about New York. (laughs) They beat their horns. Yeah, It's crazy. So that's his whole deal. So he's like pro-America, anti-old world monkeys. (laughs) I don't know what else. (laughs) I don't know what else to tell you about this guy. Just because as soon as someone says old world, I think of, because I love baking. So I think of my like... (laughs) yeast risen like some nice bread (laughs) yes I'm just picturing these monkeys with like a poppy seed roll (laughs) and it's really homey and it smells great yeah I think wine because I did years and years in the wine industry I think Uh of old world wine oh Oh, what's that like now I can't quite remember even though I had a GNBQ in wine at one point the equivalent oh my god of, that's an think, awesome qualification i think i have that been just take, drink. exactly i went to the university of wine guys <laughs> um, <laughs> um, odd bins take wine tasting very seriously and they sent us on a lot of courses wow. it was a great company to work for and they do take it very seriously if you go it sounds like i'm just advertising odd bins but they do really <laughs> know that stuff anyway um old world as far as i remember is like new world is stuff like australia and new zealand oh okay, okay. Uh, yeah. And old world is thing like France and Italy. I would think so, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah, no, that huh. That checks yeah. out. <laughs> Phew. Oh, I could still be called into court as a wine expert. <laughs> yes. I'd say can. yes. I wouldn't be like HG Wells. <laughs> yeah. Fucking help him out. Um, University of Wine. <laughs> that is good. <laughs> that is you you're you're our most qualified ever detective. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> there's this other huge problem with this law 
which puts any teacher in a real catch-22 situation. So question, want to guess what this catch-22 situation is? So what was the law specifically? Sorry. So the Butler Act prohibited the teaching of the theory of evolution. The catch-22? It Was that in the syllabus? Did you have to teach it? Yes. Ding, ding, ding. Hannah is correct. So another state law literally required teachers to use a textbook that explicitly described and endorsed the theory of evolution. Okay. So teachers (laughs) are literally going to be breaking one of these two laws. This is great. Like one way or another. It's like that is a fun Ofsted report. Like, well, we're marking you down for teaching evolution, but you also get full marks for teaching evolution. But overall, there's room for I love the idea that evolution... (laughs) The blinds would come down on Evolution Day like, okay, we're going to talk about a guy called Darwin, but keep it down. Yeah. (laughs) Like, yeah, how do you get around that? It's crazy. A big shout out to all the teachers that might be listening to this podcast. Yes. (laughs) And then the defence hits another snag. Question, what snag do they hit? So the defence are defending... They're defending John Scopes. Okay, okay. Maybe has John Scopes got something in his history? Because, you know, sometimes people will find things out about somebody and try to sort of like make them not as legit as they are. So yes. maybe they found out something about little Johnny Stoke Stoke. <laughs> that maybe he goes to church. Okay. He believes in... The Bible's literal. Yeah. Don't, it's kind of... You know, on Thursdays, I actually think the Bible's right, but on Fridays, <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Um, so you think Scopes is in some way compromised? Any advanced tailor? Nothing comes to mind. Okay. I think if it, it feels like they, it might be something they previously didn't know about him. If it's mm. A snag that they encounter so he okay. hasn't di- he hasn't divulged something okay you got it. it was a great thought the snag has nothing to do with scopes himself what happens is they run out of witnesses because they've literally only been allowed one of their eight witnesses <laughs> they run out of witnesses on like day six of the trial because the judge hasn't allowed any of the people they said that the judge said that the scientific witnesses were irrelevant for a trial about science so they can't use any of them and they have got no one else to call to the stand. Oh, okay. Question, what do they do about this? They call God to the stand. He'll settle Close. This. They call Close. someone to the stand. Who do they call? The Pope. Nice. Any advance on Pope? Well, I want to say the king, but there's no king in America. There's no king. Elvis. Elvis. <laughs> He's only about to be born, yeah. Um, <laughs> Baby Elvis. Who was the president then? Oh, have they got a religious leader in the state of Tennessee who believes in evolution? That's a good guess. I'm going to cut to the chase. They actually call the wannabe president lawyer, the prosecuting guy, to the stand. Oh. And they call him to the stand as an expert on the Bible to quiz him about the Bible instead. And he agrees to it. So he's the prosecuting lawyer and they put him on the stand as an expert <laughs> on the Bible. Wow, Brian. Um, is... Conflict of interest. <laughs> I know, right? But the conservative judge allows it. This is, I think, probably my favourite bit of this whole trial because then they start quizzing him on stuff like where did Cain's wife come from? Bible fans will know this story. I'll just do a quick recap for anyone listening that doesn't know. So if Adam and Eve are the first two people ever, 
And they have two sons, Cain and Abel. And then suddenly Cain has a wife. Where the fuck is his wife come from? Is he fucking Eve? Where are these other women? What's happening? This is the point that the trial turns into like a stoned student conversation at 3am in Freshers <laughs> Week, where they're like, but dude, what's the sound of one hand clapping? Like, it's just crazy. So they're like, but where did, where did Kane's wife come from? And it's just madness. So then everybody's like debating the plot holes and miracles of the Bible. There's big dick swinging energy on both sides, which is also one of the lesser known Psalms. And finally, the judge strikes some of the stuff that he didn't like from the record, probably the dick stuff. And we get the final verdict. So my question is, is Scopes found guilty or not guilty? He has to be found guilty after all this. (laughs) This is what I think. Like the fact that the judge is only allowed one witness. Yeah. You think he's not going to suddenly do a U-turn and be like, yeah. You guys have made me think about this in a big <laughs> yeah, way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was really open to this. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't a jury, but it was the judge that was making the decision. Is that right? Well, it was officially the jury, but the judge super led them down a certain path and they're not really supposed to disagree with him. Yeah, even if it was the jury, we all know substitute teachers cannot control a room. So he would would not have them on side. I think he's guilty, man. He's found guilty. Okay. Izzy, do you think he's found guilty as well? Yeah, I do. You guys are all correct. Um, He is found guilty. He freely admitted that he taught evolution and broken the Butler Act. The jury had been instructed to disregard how contradictory all the laws were or that science and religion could still be compatible. So yeah, he was fined $100, which is $1,500 today. Okay. Now, both sides regarded this case as a victory. Question, why did they both think they'd won when one side clearly lost? Well, didn't one, like, I guess they wanted to prove that the Gerard Butler rule was just ridiculous. And that's... <laughs> Gerard but they, they, were, they were like high school down. They were like, okay, this is not... I'm just going to continually quote Gerard <laughs> Butler films from now on. So, <laughs> the point was, there was a geostorm. And then, no, I think that... This that, is your next Edinburgh show. <laughs> <laughs> The butler did it. <laughs> the James yeah. Butler did it. What was it? The best films of all time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah, I think that they they thought it was a victory because they proved just how sort of silly it is in, right. in the sense that, you know, yeah. they can have all this evidence and they can have all these sort of things that sort of prove it. But yeah. Yeah. So that's why I think that it was a victory for them. And the, the other side, obviously, that, that he was found guilty. So that's an obvious victory for them. But. Okay. What amazing PR they got out of all this. Like, again, you go back to people are calling it the trial of the century. There's all this press. It's the first case that's on the radio. So it's being consumed. So it doesn't doesn't really really matter what the outcome was. Maybe they always expected to lose. um, Yeah. But they they did it kind of to raise the profile of... Yeah, because actually losing is its own victory because they're showing how bad... Something is. Mm. I hear you. Um, so that, those are all good points. And I think actually you're probably right. And they probably did all consider those things like a bonus. But what also happened was there was a mad technicality where the maximum fine should only have been $50. Um, and that invalidated the whole thing. And it was thrown out. It was like invalid in the end. So after all of that drama, it was just a big waste of everybody's time. Oh, wow. Um, that's insane. And that was because he yeah. just fined the wrong amount. And then, yeah. and then 
Yeah. Oh my God, you'd be so annoyed if, like, it's like, <laughs> who are you going to blame that on? Someone put like an extra zero on a piece yeah. of paper. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was the judge's fault. I think he got carried away. Somebody on that <sighs> team, either the judge or that other guy, they got very trigger happy and like, yeah, we're finding you, but it wasn't up to them to, and they should have known that it wasn't the fight. And it was like some, it was admin basically that <gasps> was the problem. Wow. And my <laughs> final question is, what year was the Butler Law withdrawn? Oh, was Gerard Butler in 2012? I don't think he was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm desperately trying to find a link. Uh, <laughs> I imagine it was probably sort of like later than we think. I was about to say 1912, but that, that was just before that this happened. 1987. 1987, okay. I'm going to go with the year I said before, which is when I thought this took place, 1967, except okay. it was probably... We've, yeah, we've okay. got 67, we've got 87. Izzy? I'm going to go, I think it was before I was born, Okay. Uh, which was 78. So I'm going to go for 74. Okay. You know what? This almost never happens, but it's happened again. Taylor is spot on. <gasps> it is 1967. Wow. Well done. Well done. Weird that I said it at the beginning. Yeah. I just had a feeling. And obviously, like, the culture wars are ongoing. Other states were doing similar stuff, blah, blah, blah. But Yeah, that was I mean, it is that sort of time in the States. So particular it's Particular law. So let's raise a glass to Darwin, I guess, and John Scopes. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Different than Snopes. I keep thinking of Snopes. Drunk women solving crime. So, guys, for this week's Patreon shout out, uh, we had a little bit of drama at uh, Drunk Women HQ because it was brought to my attention by a lovely patron called Laura that she had not had her shout out, even though she had joined way back when we had first launched. And I keep a very detailed Excel spreadsheet of my shout outs according to which guest they've been on. And so we, boy, we went down a rabbit hole and we just couldn't solve it. And I still, it still keeps me up at night that I missed out about a dozen people from their shout outs. So I did what any sane person would. And I made a little film trailer, like a suspense film trailer for you with all of the missing, the lost patrons. So here it is. Wait, when did you join Patreon? Back in November. Why? Then why haven't you had a shout out? In a world where nobody is left behind, where shout outs are kept in a detailed Excel sheet, what happens when she forgets? She forgets things all the time. Why are you making such a big deal about this? Because they were on the spreadsheet. Forget the spreadsheet. It's useless now. From acclaimed directors Sam Gardner and Louise Troist comes a film so unsettling you'll need a cocktail. We have to keep looking for clues, Christy Filipich. All right, why do you keep using my full name, David Lawson? Starring the Oscar-winning Bella Stewart as Laura, a.k.a. Detective Stonedalot. Wait, what? Stephen Plume as Detective Richard White Sox. Go Sox! And introducing Karen Miller as Detective Big Booby Girl Lauren. 
Sometimes you don't get to choose your nicknames. They choose you. There were three victims, Nicola Clark, Kim Schroes, and Sam Patterson. There were others. We were victims too. So we're the lost patrons. This summer, take your ginkgo biloba, do some crossword puzzles, and cross your fingers. Taylor can remember the lost patrons. Coming soon to a theater near you. Ooh, love that. Nice. Thank you for that exciting film trailer. (laughs) That that was a good segue back in, right? Yeah. (laughs) We all loved it a lot. Oh God, I've got to commit to stuff. I really did love that as well. I just sound sarcastic all the time, which I guess is helping my sass. I think oh, so. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> okay. I have a listener crime. This is from someone who's written in and says, when I was in my early twenties, I got extremely drunk at a bar one night and went home with some guy. The next morning I went back to the bar to pick up my car and there was a deep key scratch all the way down one side of my car. Mm. The question is, Who scratched my car and why? And now there is a list of suspects. The suspects are, number one, the bartender. I was so drunk that the bartender had to take away my keys. It's possible that I was belligerent and causing problems. I was not a happy drunk most of the time and luckily no longer drink. Suspect number two, the hookup. Suspect number three, another guy. Was there someone else I was flirting with that I didn't go home with and wanted revenge? Suspect number four. Any other stranger, again, not a happy drunk. It's possible that I pissed someone else off. She goes on to say, love you ladies. And please, please, please don't stop. From Karen, short time listener, but huge fan. Oh, I have a unique rage that comes with people who key cars because I don't understand. It's just destructive. I can find no, like if someone steals something, there's always that part of me that's like, okay, well, they're desperate. And you key in a car is just randomly destructive and I can't believe you'd get any pleasure out of it. And then somebody's car is fucked up. I'm just sort of irrationally angry about it. Yeah, it feels just totally unnecessary, doesn't it? It yeah. doesn't achieve anything. What I'd like to know about this story is were there other cars in the area that got keyed? Because often a, yeah. a car Kia will key a car yeah. and do loads of them in a row, almost as mm. though they kind of like, you know, if you're sort of like doing a, you've got a felt tip and you're going over a page and you go onto the next page, yeah. they'll just do, yeah, they'll do that. <laughs> well, they go onto that and they're like, oh God, I've gone over the line now. About yeah. this car. Yeah. <laughs> I may as well destroy this car. Now, everything has to be read. Yeah. Oh my God. Carkeen Wars. <laughs> Who can but do the most even line? Psychology. I want to know how they knew which her car was because I don't drive yeah. very much, but I don't think the registration number is on the keys of a car. Is no, it? that's In the same way you true. don't have your address on your house keys. In you case could press the button yeah. though, right? You could press the old... Yeah, you could press the button. Depends when this happened. Yeah. It depends when it happened, you know, and what kind of car she had. And also, yeah, I've never had a car. Let me just say, I've never had a car that you can press a button and it opens. Absolutely not. You have to give it a good wiggle before you get into any car. I've never owned. <laughs> Our car's got moss growing along <laughs> the windows and a flower with two <laughs> blades of grass growing out of the windscreen. Wow. And it actually bloomed. And um, then we went to a car wash the other day and it's taken oh. the flower and the grass away, but not the moss. That's um, so beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. It's because we didn't drive it for months in lockdown. Yes. But actually also we are such pigs that it got burgled <laughs> along with loads of other cars in our road, but they didn't oh. get keyed. And we didn't notice for about half an hour. Then we were like, Oh, there's more stuff on the floor than normal. Did I tell you? I might have told you this story before about how when I was a kid, I had a spud gun because I was a bit of a legend. And I was like sort of 
putting like you know um, shooting people with bits of potato. And then I think I wasn't supposed to have a spud gun, so I hid it under the car seat of my mum's car. And then so there was a potato underneath that just because it was damp under there because it was an old car, it just started sort of like spouting. And it came up all up the side of the, the, the chair and everything. It was brilliant. Like having a fucking life in a car like that is actually really beautiful. <laughs> I, I love that. Yes. That could be like part of an art exhibition or something. And honestly, it's good for us. Like I've just been learning about forest bathing. Like it's very nourishing to be around growing I love life. it. Even, Even if it, you have to grow the forest around you. Yeah. 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 Like a potato in a car that's decaying <laughs> slash growing is like a lot like forest bathing. It's just very, uh, it really helps your immune system and you just really relax. I always think if you've got damp, if there's somewhere damp that's either in your home or in your car, like get some crushed seeds because they're going to grow and yeah. it's beautiful. That's how you that's deal with it. way, if you've got a rented accommodation and there's damp, put some crest seed in it and then tell your landlord yes. or lady how, how long it took them to grow. And that's the measure of how damp it is. That's great. Do you know what? Because you know, like, like one of the metrics of the world is like um, how easy it is to get Coca-Cola, like measures something about like various things about the economy. Like how quickly Crest grows in a damp flat would be an awesome <laughs> yeah. measurement of like a bad landlord. Yeah. That should literally be a, the test, like the new Bechdel test. It's like <laughs> the Crest test. The Crest Izzy City Crest, the Crest test. test. <laughs> I, I think this was a very random attack, I must say. And I love pinning stuff on suspects, especially when they are detailed. But none of them add up to me. The bartender's just doing his job, rightly so, taking keys away. And then he doesn't care which car is yours. You know, you'll have to come back and get the keys. That's your problem. Um, Hookup isn't going to go back to the scene of where they met, right? That's just too much work, even if it was a terrible experience for either. Mm -hmm. Random person angry. Maybe, but again, to Izzy's point, how would they know which car? Yeah, you'd have to really know it was that person's car. I think it's just that the worst place you can leave your car in a way is right outside of a bar where people are drinking heavily. Is our conclusion random attack? It is for me. It is for this guy. Is it possible that she could have done it? (gasps) She was so drunk. Oh, and that's why she took the keys away because she was trying to get it in. Yeah, was the key all around me? Someone's keen my car. Have I? That's brilliant. Yeah, that's it. What a twist. (laughs) Solved it. She did it. That is that is a Kaiser Soze moment. (laughs) You're you're very welcome. (laughs) (laughs) We've just victim blamed, and I'm sorry. But oh no, we did it again. Yeah. No, we always blame the mum. So I think it was your mum, is what I'm saying, Karen. Was it Karen? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We solved it. We have just enough time to ask our fantastic guest, Izzy City, what are you up to? Where can we find you? What do you want to plug? Oh, I would like to plug my book, which is out on July the 22nd. It's called Jane is Trying and it's a novel about a lady who (laughs) is um, engaged to a man and they work in advertising in London. They're trying for a baby and she's very anxious Okay. But kind and cool 
person, Yay. very complex, like we all are, I suppose. Yeah. And she like just wants a lot of control over her life and doesn't get it. And the, anyway, she finds ah. out that he's been cheating on her <gasps> and she moves back in with her parents in the Midlands to a place that isn't Matlock, but is like Matlock. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I right about Matlock where I'm from, so I'm trying to move away from it. But it is like Matlock in some ways, but not in other ways. Did and you call then, it Batlock? Yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> just to protect <laughs> Oh, Actually, man. in Welsh, Matlock is spelt fatlock. It's called, oh. it's pronounced vatlock, but yeah. Anyway, whenever I have to write after a mutation, it becomes vatlock. And I always think, oh, fatlock, that's so funny. Yeah, so Jane, she goes home <laughs> and then her parents yeah. are really molly coddly, also try and control her life. And then Ooh. it's about kind of what happens next. Oh so my awesome. God, I'm yeah. super sold on this already. This is awesome. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Tell us the name of the book again and where we can find it. So the book is called Jane is Trying. Jane is and trying. I'm looking, I looked down the lens when I said that as if I was doing it. <laughs> okay, guys, the book is called Jane's Trying. Um, yeah, it's called Jane is Trying. It's available from all bookshops and the usual places. And awesome. it's published by Orion. I'm proud oh, of it. Um, there are some things that you do and you sort of go, that was all right. But I've worked really hard on this. And it, yeah. Um, yeah. It sounds amazing. It sounds Congratulations. Awesome. On the audio version, is it you reading it? Yes, and I'm recording. I've recorded done two days, and I've got, and I'm doing it this week as well. And I forgot how intense it is, and how he goes. <laughs> oh God, I need to change that bit. So I keep emailing the lady who's I keep calling everyone a lady, <laughs> lady who's, okay. who's project managing it. Like, can I make one more change? She's so <laughs> lovely. And it's like yes, you can. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's just me in a little booth, kind of. Um, oh, awesome. Yeah. Oh wow. Oh, this sounds so good. Oh, thanks. Yeah, so that's mainly what I've been doing. It's taken me like four years because I had another kid and then lockdown happened. I kept thinking to myself, like, all these things I want to do when lockdown lifts, as if there was going to be this moment where you're like, okay, back to my old life. And what we're finding is actually it's just very slowly and tentatively going, oh, I just hugged someone. That felt weird. But all the list of things that I wanted to do were things that I had had to stop doing because I had kids. Not because of lockdown. Roses. I want to go stay up all night at Green Man. I want to just go to Prague for two days. It's like, no, 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 no. It wasn't lockdown that stopped. Good old um, lockdown. That'll be my yeah. instead of my show. <laughs> well, it just remains for me to say thank you so much, Izzy Drunk Women Solving Crime is produced by Amanda Redman. Music by The Lion and the Wolf. If you would like to, you can follow us on Drunk Women Pod on Twitter, on Facebook and Insta. We are Drunk Women Solving Crime. And please review us on Apple Podcasts. And also, if you have a crime that you would like us to solve, write it on a review on Apple Podcasts as well. Thank you to ACAS and thank you for listening. Bye! Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.